sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. The Catholic Church teaches that popes are infallible. Does this mean that they're right about everything all the time? If not, does that mean that we can disagree with them? If so, how, when, and why? And where does this authority come from anyway? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into the topic of papal infallibility, we want you to know, as always, that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about this topic, if you've got ideas for future shows, please email us. The easiest way to do so is the address ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Uh, I'm joined in the studio once again by Renee Kranz. How are you doing, Renee? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. So, good. Renee, last week, that was very good. Thank you. you know, I really didn't care <laughs> to answer your question. Just, just ask. Just dive right in. Yep. Why um, not? So, last week we talked about infallibility. Infallibility. In general. If I had the buzzer, which I don't, or the whatever, ding, 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 ding. You're really upset about that, aren't you? You can just reach over. It's just right there. Uh, So we talked about (laughs) infallibility, and we got some good feedback. Um, So people appreciated the show, what we had to say. But we did get some questions that I thought would be good for us to actually take, um, just because we're able to record this next episode right now, so uh, the following week, to talk about. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we just gave a quick overview about what infallibility in general Mm -hmm. is. Uh, Infallibility with regard to the church's teachings, it means that um, there are some teaching, well, everything the Catholic Church formally teaches is true. Some have this extra layer of, um, no, guys, we really mean this. This is really true. And if you want to go back and see it, go to YouTube, SF Diocese, and go but watch the latest ignition. Right, right. So uh, the YouTube, yeah, our YouTube channel, SF Diocese, that was episode 491 mm-hmm. was last week's. 491 is the one you want to watch for. Uh, infallible oh, what and why. Or infallibility what and why, I think, mm-hmm. is the title. Part of that, we also talked about papal infallibility and how it doesn't mean that popes are sinless. That's impeccability. Right. It just means that in certain circumstances, um, they can make infallible declarations. Right. But out of that, uh, specifically out of that um, uh, episode, we got some questions. And I think it's just good to sort of uh, speak to a particular kind of question because a lot of people have it. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so does they this do. mean that popes in general are always wrong, are always right, always right, uh, about everything. And last week we talked about that. No, no, it means on matters of faith and morals in certain circumstances, they make infallible declarations, right. very limited circumstances. Um, Can I ask a question there? Yeah. Do they make those statements when they're, when they're making an infallible statements in conjunction with the magisterium? So popes are, so what's the magisterium, Renee? Uh, that's the teaching of the church. Basically. So it's the teaching office of the yes. church. So the magisterium is all of the bishops mm-hmm. in the world um, who are in union with the Bishop of Rome. That right. is the Pope. So uh, the Pope is part of the magisterium. Right. So when he makes the, 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 the technical term ex cathedra, when he makes an ex cathedra statement, that's what Pius IX did in um, 1850 with Mary's, 1854 with Mary's Immaculate Conception, and Pius XII did in 1950 with her assumption, right. they, they defined ex cathedra that these are 
true. They're infallible statements. They use their full authority as the Pope, um, a matter of faith and morals, making clear this as this is an, an authoritative, infallible teaching. I'm making this ex cathedra from from the, my chair, from the from chair of Peter, the chair of yeah. Peter, my full authority as the Bishop of Rome, mm-hmm. as Pope. Did that answer yep. your sure. question? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. The question, though, that arises out of this, okay, does this mean that everything the Pope always says is right? No, we already addressed that. Okay, so if not everything the Pope says is always an ex-Catholic statement, is always infallible, mm-hmm. you also, we said last week, but everything the church teaches is true. Does that mean that everything the Pope says is true? And that's where it gets a little bit trickier. A little and, sticky. A little sticky. And, and, and <laughs> let, let's let's just be really honest and clear. There are a lot of people who um, have, over the course of the last eight years, nearly, I think, with Pope Francis, mm-hmm. um, some of the statements that he'll make, uh, whether it's uh, people always on the plane interview or whatever. That tends Seems to like be, he makes a right. lot of comments on a plane. <laughs> right, right. So the the Holy Father can can sometimes make statements that that. Um, people scratch their heads mm-hmm. about. And I know people, to be honest, sometimes have really struggled right. with um, some statements that Pope Francis has made. So I want to talk about that. So are popes, okay, they're not always infallible, but is is what they say always true? Right. Are we always bound to, to um, accept everything that a pope says as true? Because we do rightly put, uh, uh, recognize the authority of the pups. And if we have right. time in this episode, we'll get into some of the basis. I'm pounding this yes. book over here, the Bible. <laughs> if we have time, uh, if not, we'll maybe do it in a future episode, but we'll talk about sort of the biblical, uh, and early church basis for right. the authority of the Pope. But I wanted to look more concretely at, and, and it's not just Pope Francis, you know, the, no, the, I mean, this has happening, yeah, been happening the, before yes, him. Before, the issue today is, I mean, this is certainly beginning with John Paul II and definitely Benedict the 16th, but with all the mass communication, especially with the internet. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have far more access to every public utterance that a Pope ever makes right. today than we did 50 years ago, mm-hmm. let alone a hundred years ago. Yeah. So that's kind of what, so um, w- certainly the, the questions arise um, with Pope Francis, but they're not new mm-hmm. to Pope Francis, mm-hmm. but we, because he's our Pope right now, we're going to sort of use him as, as our example. Yeah. Believe it or not, as much as we all love uh, St. John Paul II, there was people who even questioned some things oh, that absolutely. he said. Absolutely. I mean, you can't be Plenty. Pope that long yep. and, and not have people be like, wait a second, Pope, what is that? Well, there were things, there were things that Benedict said, who, who, oh, yeah who was so clear in both thinking and thought and mm-hmm. not saying anything about JP two or Francis that way in, in opposition or difference, but Benedict was definitely very clear yes. in thought and expression. And I, yeah, there were things that caused controversy about him as well. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we're going to, again, kind of using Pope Francis just because he's our current Pope and because uh, that's where some of the questions arise. So I think um, let's just go to the basics first. Um, so first of all, Pope is not always infallible. Is he always teaching in everything he says authoritatively to me is the next big question. Right. Would no, you, I mean, no, a, a, is that your answer? To the That's question? my answer. Yeah. And, and the answer, yeah, the answer yeah. is no. Sometimes so, he's just commenting to a question that a reporter is asking and, and I don't know if you're going to get into this, but we have to also be careful about the media. Sure. So, 
Yeah, we can so, talk about that at some well, point. We'll talk about, so you're okay. you're the journalist person. Yeah. So why don't we we can take the time now to yeah. to talk about that. Well, over the last what 20, 30 years, um, we've become more polarized as a society politically, and that has not just that has unfortunately touched our media as well, and and seeped into that. Uh, media is supposed to be unbiased and supposed to be just telling us the facts. That it really isn't happening for the most part anymore. There's a lot of bias that's happening in in most, in a lot of media. Sure. So you have to really be careful about uh, where you're getting your where you're getting your sources and pay very close attention to the words they're using when they're reporting yep. something. Yep. Because uh, certain words indicate bias, one side or the other, because it can come from both sides. I'm not picking on one side here at all. Yep. Um, it can absolutely come from both sides. We have to be very careful to to really pay attention to words that can be biased or indicate a bias, um, especially if they're trying to box the the Pope into a political <clears throat> sure. party or a yep. political side. He's very rarely thinking about that, especially as Americans think, because right. he's not American. He's, he's not an American, he's, and he's not a, an American. He's not a politician or an American politician. Right. Right. And, and, you know, I'm not going to exonerate him of every single thing he said, but you have to be careful of how the media is interpreting it, how they're presenting it, what words they're using. There's, there's just a ton of things that the media gets wrong a lot of the yep. time. Yep. So I think the takeaway for, for me with that is if you come across something um, in the media that the Holy, the Holy Father said this, Pope Francis said that, mm-hmm. the Pope said that. And it, and it really causes you to wonder or question mm-hmm. something. Find what he actually yeah. said. Because yes. that, again, because this is where the internet is, is a good thing. Right. It, it yeah. works in our, in our, um, in our favor. You can almost always find an English, like uh, an English translation. translation of what he actually yeah. said. Usually on the Vatican website somewhere, they'll yep. have something like that yep. or a Vatican newspaper yep. or something like that. Or, or it might be a, um, uh, uh a Catholic news source, not the Vatican, but other Catholic journalists, mm-hmm. uh, journalism outlets mm-hmm. that have given the full, yeah. the full. Yeah, usually Catholic news service will do so. Catholic news agency yep. will typically do yep. so, at least have a link to it. Yep. So I would, yeah, absolutely go to original sources because yep. that's the only way you're going to know for sure. And that might be difficult to interpret sometimes. So, <laughs> so let's, and, and when you yeah, talk about this, part, you, yeah. yeah. So you had said you wanted to make sure that people keep them. And I, yes, I agree. But let's go beyond that because there are yeah. definitely times when you do that and you You're read what he says in context and it's still confusing. <laughs> yes. uh, like, wait, or it is what? indeed what the what? media said it was. And exactly. You're like, What's what going happening? on here right now? So this is where, so is, is a Pope always authoritative, going back to the question I asked earlier and you answered it, is a Pope always authoritative when he's speak? He's not always infallible, but is he always authoritative? Because there is a distinction. Is everything that he says, maybe it's not always infallibly true, but is it true? Mm-hmm. True. Not necessarily. Right. So again, um, so church authorities, the nature of their authority is, uh, is relevant particularly to matters of faith and morals, mm-hmm. church doctrine. When we certainly, when we're talking about, um, economic matters, political matters, uh, ecological matters, medical matters, like, so our faith does, I want to be very, very clear here. Our faith impacts those areas. And there sometimes there are principles the church right. has about those areas that are relevant. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, we're called to be good stewards 
of God's creation. Right. That's a truth. That's a doctrine. Right. Okay. Now, what is it? The the the, the issue oftentimes becomes some of these things when they're when it's a matter of okay, I, I want to live this teaching out. Mm-hmm. Um, good Catholics can have different mm-hmm. thoughts on what it means to live out. The church's teaching. Right. So, good stewards of God's creation, uh, you can have some people uh, who will who will live out in a in a in in one way. Let's I'm just going to use a term, but tree hugger kind of way. <laughs> you can be a Catholic. You can be a Catholic tree hugger. Right? You sure can. But you can also be somebody who takes that teaching seriously. But probably wouldn't be described as a quote unquote tree hugger. Right. 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 Um, so that's just maybe one silly example, yeah. but that's an example well, where, yeah. the, again, the principle is we're called to be good stewards mm-hmm. of God's creation. Right. And how we live that out can vary yeah. from person to person. I'll give you an example of that very thing with the environmental kind of cause. I would not consider myself a tree hugger by any means. However, one of the ways that I try to uh, respect nature and so on and, and, pay attention to the things that he's talking about. Uh, when I, when I grow my own garden, I use no chemicals. I use only, or, you know, uh, heirloom seeds as much as I possibly can, different things like that, but no chemicals, no miracle grow, no, nothing, only natural things. Um, and we do that as much as we can in our own, like little space of the world. And I would, but even to go like to sort of like, I'm and but I use said cleaners that, that aren't necessarily like that in the house. <laughs> but that's not to say, so farmers that use chemicals are not sinning. Right, right? no, So no. in that case, I'd say, so it's more of, but what's your attitude? Am I am I recognizing that creation is a gift from God that I'm a steward of and that I have to care for and make sure that future generations can take, or am I, hey, I'm just going to do what I want because right. this is my land. Right. This is my garden or my acreage <laughs> right. or whatever. Like that to me is a, a yes. sort of a way to make clear the difference. Right. So some people will, you know, go yep. full organic or natural mm-hmm. or whatever. Other people, some people don't, and uh, that's right. okay. And, and that and, is and okay. Farmers are often, to be clear, often one of the best caretakers of the land Absolutely. that we have. Right. Absolutely. So, so we love them. <laughs> so, so this is Renee. In case I was unclear. <laughs> I was not doing So <laughs> if Pope Francis or Pope Benedict or John Paul II said you have to use artificial fertilizer or you cannot use artificial fertilizer, we can say with all due respect, mm-hmm. your holiness, I disagree. Right. Not really your purview. No. Now, <laughs> you do have the authority to teach the principle. Sure. Yes. And 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 maybe maybe and and then beyond that, you as a human being, as 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 um uh, yeah, as as somebody hopefully well thinking and so on, can make a good case for mm-hmm. why you think that mm-hmm. we all should or shouldn't or use should, right um, artificial fertilizers, chemicals, whatever. Um, but but his um proper authority, any bishop. For that matter, but certainly, especially the Pope, uh, does not go beyond just right. stating what right. the principle is. Here's the thing, though, I, I want to make it very clear about this. So we should. So, so that's an instance where I can disagree mm-hmm. with the Pope. I'm going to go even further, actually. Before I w- respectful disagreement, I want to come back to. But I, I would say even further, Popes are able to have personal opinions even on properly theological topics. Right. And those personal opinions, even if they're spoken publicly, can be wrong. Right. Doesn't mean they necessarily are wrong, it obviously. <laughs> it has happened in history, and I mean centuries ago, where popes have had personal 
quote unquote private. By, by private, we mean non-official, right. unoffi- unofficial, personal, unofficial theological views that are not correct, that right. are not true. Right. So we are therefore uh, permitted to disagree with mm-hmm. the Pope in those instances. Right. So what's really important, so there's a matter of how, can I disagree with the Pope? Yes. How I disagree with the Pope is important. We're going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, okay, so when exactly can the Pope be wrong? Or how do right. I tell the difference? Right. Those are a couple of questions I want to address. But if you're just tuning in, welcome to Ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, talking today with Renee Kranz about papal infallibility, uh, what it means, what it doesn't mean, uh, but even more, like, are the popes always right? And if not, how do we know? And how do we treat them, if you will, in this How do we instances? respond? Yeah. How do we respond? Yeah. So, um, a pope, so as a matter of doctrine, a pope can have, again, a, th- a certain theological teaching that he holds personally. He doesn't, he doesn't officially teach it. Um, he might express it in public, but it's just his theological opinion, and you and I are okay to disagree with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, how do you know the difference? And this is where it's, it's okay, yeah. if, is he, if it's a written teaching document, uh, that's, that's authoritative. Right. Uh, we we need to pay attention, mm-hmm. um, especially in the kind of. Do- so you have to pay attention to the kinds of documents mm-hmm. uh, that the Pope is. Is it a written document or is it just an off the cuff statement? Right. So uh, <clears throat> there have been, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in the last thirty, maybe well, yeah, thirty-ish years. John Paul II started doing it, <clears throat> uh, and then Benedict did, and Francis has giving interviews mm-hmm. um, and and. Um, Sometimes they're in written form, but sometimes they're live. An interview typically is not going to be the forum in which a pope is going to give an authoritative right. teaching. Could right. he? Yes. <clears throat> but Do he they? probably not, usual. not going to. <laughs> yeah. So if, if it's an interview, this is just a general rule of thumb. It's not an absolute principle. But my general rule of thumb is if it's an interview, it's probably not intended to be an authoritative right. teaching. Right. Okay. If it's a written teaching document... By definition, right. that is more authoritative. So look at the context. Okay. When you say a written in, a written teaching document, that would be like an encyclical. An encyclical, in particular, okay. um, constitutions, mm-hmm. and so on. Okay, so th- that's one thing. So if a pope is making an off the cuff statement, I can disagree with him. I, there is also another. If the pope is making a pastoral judgment about how to apply church teaching, um, even within the church, um, I could. Again, how I disagree is one thing, but I could disagree with him, but I'm still bound, but I but I still need to obey. So this is this is not where it's a matter of what I believe is true, but we're, what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So let's say uh, Pope Benedict decided that I that the, the people who live on my street need to go to. So I belong to St. Lambert's mm-hmm. Parish. What if he said that everybody who lives on the street that mm-hmm. I live on needs to go Holy Spirit Parish instead? Okay, that's not a matter of authoritative teaching. Uh, I can disagree with the Pope. Right. Or that, or how about, and maybe this is a dumb one, but this is, or all all churches have to remove their pews and everyone has to stand for oh, mass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's where I can. A church but, could be like, uh, right, right. Like, I could okay, <laughs> but what do I do though? So this is get this is gets into the yeah. How do we disagree with him? So if he's acting asking me to do something, and it's not a matter of faith or morals, even if I respectfully disagree with him, 
So this is not a matter of truth or falsity. Right. This is this is how we're supposed to do something. Mm-hmm. If it's a matter of if it's not a matter of faith and morals, but he's asking for something, then then we should give him respect and and gen and and, and obedience. So if it's something he does have proper authority of, so. Um, Asking the city to remove all the stoplights on the streets is not his no, proper not really. authority. But if, for a, instance. but if a church asks, if he, he, he churches get rid of your pews, we're going to yeah. stand. Like, okay. <laughs> so he does have the authority, and so even though we might disagree, I don't think that's the most prudent thing to right. do. We should go along. And to be clear, he has not asked for that he has not either. Asked for that. <laughs> but I want to go back to the matter. So I sort of went into yeah. that example of where he has authority. What do we do when we disagree with him? Mm-hmm. He's not saying this is a matter of doctrine. This is a matter of practice. Mm-hmm. We should, we're called to obedience. And I want to talk about how more in a little bit. But I want to go back to, what if he makes a statement, though, that is a matter of um, doctrine, not practice? Mm-hmm. And a te- he says, basically, he says something that's not true. It's not a matter of practice that I agree or disagree with, but he says something that's not true. That can happen. You know, the interview kind of mm-hmm. scenario could, would, would be far more likely the place than, than right. a teaching document. Right. Um, it's okay for me to disagree with him there because what I'm bound to follow are the teachings of the church. Right. Not every everything that the Pope of the time believes, particularly when it's a personal theological opinion. Right. So all sorts of popes have had th- personal theological opinions. Some of them we know are definitely true. They're in accord with church teaching. Some of them maybe have been false. Some of them just haven't been defined. Right. But I'm not bound to accept all of those personal, uh, unofficial theological opinions, even if I come to be aware of it. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. So I do not always have to follow everything the Pope says. The difference, is this official or not? If it's not official, I don't have to. How do I do it? How do I disagree with him? How do I act when he asks something? When he asks something to me, that's really hard. That I like, not a matter of truth or false, but is this the best practice or not? Right. The silly, your silly, my silly, yeah. my, my <laughs> really silly. ridiculous example of <laughs> that was really ridiculous. I would go to your example, <laughs> and, and to be honest, for me, I think I'm, this is coming especially with extraordinary form of the mass right. things. Like I get why, um, and, and I've attended before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think the extraordinary form is definitely it's. I definitely think it's beautiful, it's beautiful. because it was the practice of the of the church for right. for centuries. Right. The the Pope has authority. Um, not absolute authority, but a good deal of authority in, uh, to administer the sacraments and how they're administered. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he does have, it's part of his competency to de- to decide some of the things he's deciding, for instance, around the extraordinary form, the quote-unquote traditional Latin mass. Right. Um, and to be honest, I, w- with, all, with, with respect, I don't completely agree with the Holy Father on, uh, on, on some of his recent decisions in that regard. Right. I don't. I don't. But he's still the Pope. Right. And so he's my spiritual father. And so even though he says something here that basically, Dad, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. He's still my spiritual father. He's still the one who has authority. So I think it's, I, 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 should, I, I, I should, like if I disagree with him, pray. Like, pray, pray, Lord. Okay, I want to do what God wants us to do mm-hmm. above all. That's what it should mm-hmm. be. And if I'm really convinced, I think this is the wrong thing, but it's the Pope. So I could pray that he would change his mind, but I'm called, I think we have to have um, res- not just obedience, but respect uh, for our bishops and our popes. Right. 
And that can be really hard when he makes a decision around a practice in particular that we disagree with. Mm -hmm. That certainly can be hard when he holds a theological opinion that we disagree with. Right. So using that example where he has a personal theological opinion that's wrong, um, I'm like, oh, you know, your holiness, whether it's (laughs) Francis or anybody else. um, But do I recognize him as my spiritual father? Right. My dad, Tom Bergwald, who listens to this box. So Hello, Tom. Dad, he, he called me. So are you saying I'm infallible and impeccable? Sorry, dad. No, you're neither. Your dad would I told totally him that do when that. He, when he called me last week. So my dad has said things that I disagree with. Mm-hmm. My dad has, sorry, dad, said things that aren't true. But I'm supposed to. I, mean, I'm, I think I might get a phone call now you from might, that. You might, you might. Take him off the air, Renee. But I still am called to love and respect my earthly father. Right. Honor your father and your mother. Right. I'm called also to love and respect my spiritual father, mm-hmm. so our Pope and, pope and, and our, our bishops. bishops. So um, whether it's a matter of personal theological view that he says that, oh, you know, the, the, like, oh, your holiness. <laughs> and again, this is not new to Francis, but no. he's the Pope today. Um, so like, but is my attitude towards him one of love right. and respect as as a son towards his father? Right. When he makes a decision within his competency that I disagree with, and maybe I really disagree with, mm-hmm. come Holy Spirit. This is this is a hard one for me. But I know you've given this authority to my papa, mm-hmm. to my spiritual father. Mm-hmm. So for us to have, and 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 maybe it, so whether again whether this could, this does apply to our bishops, it applies to our priests. Maybe we make do make our views known to that proper authority, right. whether it's your priest or your bishop, or we're talking here about the pope. Um, do so in a charitable way, mm-hmm. I, I, and I, to write a letter, right? Write a letter. Um, if it's your pastor, um, call uh, or, or set up an appointment, but have that re- attitude of filial love, obedience, and respect towards this man who in God's divine providence, he has put in in some sort of headship authority over you, mm-hmm. over us, in the case of Pope Francis. Right. So I, I, for me, that's a that's a big thing is to, to have th- th- that we need to, even when he's wrong in a personal theological opinion or when he makes a decision that, that maybe we we're, we're free to disagree with him on, but he's the one who has authority. So we have to go along with it. If you will, we have to accept it. Don't just go along, ask for the grace to accept it. Um, while still charitably, certainly praying for him. And if we have the ability to make our concerns known, but not in a, again, right. Not a, not a, not a all caps, and don't rip him on Twitter or something. No, exactly. I mean, come on. Yeah. If your brother quote unquote, sins against you, I'm not saying this is a sin, but if you have something against your brother, Jesus said, go to him. Right. In in private, if you will. And re- so do that with our spiritual leaders as well. Marina, we got like half a minute left. Thoughts, questions, complaints? Um, the only thought I have is sometimes uh, with Francis, uh, sometimes he's not super clear in the language yeah. he uses when he yeah. speaks, and that can be a little that can trip people up. But. Yeah, can trip, and, and so give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, exactly. So, so I said benefit. Start is, there yeah, at least. Give him the benefit of the doubt, and then if it's like he, if it looks like he's really clear and he seems to be off base again, is it authoritative or not? Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's not, you're free to disagree. If it's a matter of judgment, free to disagree, but do so once again. Going to end this with this love, 
obedience and respect. Right. Right. Thanks, Renee. Yes, thank you. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org with any thoughts, questions about today's topic, or ideas for future episodes. And may God bless you.